Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. Hello and welcome back to The Naughty Rude Show. You're joined tonight by me, Helena, Zach and Tammy. Hello, guys. Howdy. Hello. We're each going to start off with a little introduction. So, yes, I'm Helena. I am 24 years old, 25 in a week. I identify by she, her. Currently, I am straight, but I'm open to being bisexual, potentially. I'm not sure yet. And I am single. How about you, Tammy? Well, I'm Tammy. I'm 23 years old. My pronouns are she, her, but I'm pretty chill with it. Whatever you call me, I'll take it. Um, I'm also chill with my sexual identity because I don't really have one. I don't identify by any labels. Don't really know what I am. That's my own problem. Um, and my relationship status is that I'm currently single. Zach? Ooh, that's me. I'm Zach. I'm 21. I go by he, him. I am straight and I am single. And I am also very much looking forward to a great show tonight. But if people want to chat with us, they want to hit us up. Tammy, where can they do that? Well, super easy to find us. Naughty Rude Sin on pretty much everything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you use. Maybe you can find us there. Who knows? Naughty Rude Sin, that is us. You can also find us on pretty much everywhere where you get your podcasts um, at The Naughty Rude Show. So we're on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about anything really. So give us a search. If you missed the show, if you've missed out on any segments that you want to catch up on, that's the best place to find us. But um, the best way to get involved is if you send us in any kind of questions, feedback, stories, um, you can do that through our Tumblr, which is the naughtyrootshow.tumblr.com slash ask. I think it's always our favorite part of the show when people write into us. So if you want to get involved, that's how you can get involved. But we have a very exciting show lined up, don't we, Lena? Yes, we do. Tonight on the show, we'll be discussing ghosting, sex betrayal in the media, serial dating, you know, some people in your life that might go between relationships and not really have any breaks, pretty privilege, and we have some really cool listener questions. Would you like to tell us about our helpline, Zach? Of course. If you are struggling with anything at all, sometimes the content we talk about can be a little bit tough for some people. Please don't hesitate to hit up a helpline. You can contact Beyond Blue at 1-300-224-636. That's 1-300-224-636. Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. That's 1-800-55-1800. And QLife Helpline at 1-800-184-527. That is 1-800-184-527. Please do not hesitate to reach out for help if you need it. Also, 
well, we can try to help. We can offer advice. We can offer, you know, our own experiences and talk about those sorts of things. We aren't medical professionals. So if you have a medical sort of question, might be a good idea to chat to a doctor because we aren't doctors. We're about to talk about our first topic of the night, which I'm very excited to delve into. Lena, would you like to bring us into that? Yes, of course. We've heard it before, but it is the term ghosting. And my questions for tonight for you guys, I would love to discuss why do people do it? I feel like we're at the stage in our lives where people have learned about emotional intelligence and clear communication, yet we still hear so many people encountering ghosting in relationships, like dating relationships, but also in friendships. And I think that's a whole other element, which is interesting because it's quite common in dating online apps. But when it happens in friendships, it's a whole nother vibe. Have you guys been ghosted, friendships, dating, work relationships in any kind? Okay, I'll start off with a yes, but in a situation (laughs) where I think ghosting is much more acceptable, ghosting on a dating app, getting ghosted on a dating app and ghosting on a dating app with people I've never even met in person. It's just like, yeah, I kind of get that. And I mean, I'll be blunt. I've been guilty of doing it myself as well, where it's like we start talking. I'm just like this really we did not click as much as either of us thought we would and we've only been talking for like two days yeah this is going nowhere it's just going nowhere and you know it's going nowhere and i know it's going nowhere so if you stop messaging me i don't particularly really care i was kind of almost like yeah it's gonna happen yeah so i think in that situation it's just kind of normalized not even normal it's just it's just normal (laughs) It's true because the traffic rate of interactions on those dating apps is just so high, like depending on how much you swipe right. And then also the investment is so low when you don't even know the person. I feel like that is the only one instance where it is acceptable to ghost. I feel like in every other instance, aside from like genuinely feeling uncomfortable by someone, I just don't understand why people ghost. Tammy, your experiences? You have just uncovered a Deep-rooted memory of Ooh. mine, actually, which is I can't believe that I actually forgot about it. I got ghosted by a friend when I was in school, but the issue was is we went to school together. So, like, I would, yeah, right? Like, I still, I can't remember what happened. I can't remember what brought it to that point, but I remember being really cut up about it at the time because they were my best mate and, yeah, like we went to school together. And so, like, I would rock up to school and they just wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't respond to my messages. They wouldn't respond to my calls. Um, they just kind of cut me out completely, like, while I was still there. So, like, it's not, like, ghosting, ghosting where they're gone forever, but, like, yeah, within its circumstances, like, I don't know. I think that's, like, the only big ghosting situation I have been in other than, yeah, like, dating apps, which, again, like you guys said, pretty normal, kind of acceptable, yeah. yeah, it depends on how long it's kind of like a bit of nothing because I don't actually really know that person anyway, so like it's fine, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what about you? What about you, Lena? You're the one who's asking us, but I'm going to throw the question back to you. Have you been ghosted? Have yes, you ghosted? I have. I spoke to a guy for three months Ooh. on Bumble, and it was stupid because like. So many people say if you're meeting someone online, you should meet them within the first two weeks. So you're not emotionally investing too much without knowing if they're a weirdo or you're not attracted or whatever. Like you need to have that physical encounter to know. So I left it for three months because I had a hectic uni life, so much going on, and I just didn't have the chance to meet up with him. And he wasn't, he never asked to meet up. And then finally, when it was all through and I wanted to meet up, 
on the night that we booked comedy tickets to a show <laughs> two hours away, no. he cancelled out saying he had. To, I was living in Sydney. He said he had to fly to Melbourne at the time, and it, it was so weird because two days before he said to me, oh, "I'll buy the tickets," and then he said, "I'll buy my own. You buy your own," and I bought my own. And then he messaged me. I thought he was buying his, and then. That night, later on that night, he said, oh, I actually didn't buy my ticket and I'm pretty sure they're almost sold out. And then later he buys tickets and goes like like a few hours before it started, he said, I can't go. And then I didn't hear from him again. No. And then the next day, so it was nice. He actually sent me his tickets. It was just such a strange experience. He ended up buying them. He sent me his. So I went with another friend and I was like so weirded out because it was such emotional investment. And then the next day when I looked on his Facebook to see if he was tagged in photos of a party or something, I saw that he'd unfriended me. <gasps> oh. So not like properly blocked, just like unfriended? Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's somehow worse than blocking. <laughs> it like was he, just so He gross. could commit so little that he didn't even commit to not committing. <laughs> <laughs> my brain right now what <laughs> it makes sense to me don't worry about it it makes sense to me and also tammy laughed so i think it makes sense to you kind of <laughs> yeah it was horrible it was a horrible that sound, yeah no that sounds so uncomfortable and, just- and then yeah it was just really sus and one of my friends did some stalking of people and she has a very high confidence that he was cheating attempting to cheat on a girlfriend <gasps> With me because no. oh, there was another girl present in some photos and she did all the stalking for me and it was just all sus and he was yeah potentially considering cheating using uh, me and then yeah anyway uh, that was a hard that he didn't go through with it but also whack that he went all gross. that way with you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, three months. Horrible. Oh my god. I'm god. like, mm, yeah, that's sus yuck. I don't wanna I don't wanna be involved. Yeah. No, fair, fair. Yeah. This story has actually um, brought up another one of my deep-rooted oh. memories that I've completely forgot about. So I love that you guys are taking the angle of um, mostly being ghosted on. I just remembered a time that I have actually flat out really badly ghosted someone. Well, not really badly, Whoa. but I feel really guilty about it. <laughs> Context. I was 16. I was on Tinder. Oh, because no. this this proves how old I am. Is back in my day there wasn't an age limit my to day. Tinder. No, wait, there didn't used to be an age limit to it. No, not when I used it. When I turned seventeen, I think is when it became an age limit thing because okay. that's when I that's when I had to get off Tinder, <laughs> which sucked. But yeah, I was on Tinder <laughs> at sixteen because I was interested in dating. I wanted to get out there. I was keen to meet new people. Um, but I lived in rural Victoria. And yeah, I met, well, sorry, I met, I matched with this guy who lived um, in regional Victoria, an hour away from me. I cannot remember his name. I cannot remember a single thing about him, but I can tell you that um, we chatted for a bit and he seemed really decent. He seemed really nice. Um, I don't think anything ever got like too spicy or too like inappropriate, particularly since we were both underage, which is really good. That's a really good sign for us, I guess. But um yeah, he invited me on a date in his regional town an hour away from me. And I was like, that's oh. okay. I can catch the train. I'll get on the train and I'll sneak out. I'll sneak out and I can do this and I can do that. And I was a pretty rebellious child, so I was so happy to do that. Um, however, I 
got cold feet <laughs> the day before. <laughs> oh. And rather than confronting him about it, being like, I'm really nervous about meeting a new person in a new town. And like, I don't even know who you are. And like, we haven't even spoken on the phone. And like, instead of confronting things, I was 16, I just blocked him. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's my story. I don't know. Um, I forgot that that had happened. But That could have been your gut feeling talking there. So I think it's 16, it's different. You might know, have saved myself from a situation. Who knows? We have gone from one extreme to another. We just touched on ghosting, um, which ain't another thing. Another extreme, serial dating. Yes. Mm. People that tend Thank to just you. hop from relationship to relationship, little breaks in between. People that are just very fast with how they function, I cannot relate. <laughs> yeah, I cannot relate, but a few people come to mind. See, I know some people like this and honestly, power to them. <laughs> See, honestly, I but think seriously. we're in a similar way. Like, like really? if, I, if I had like the time or the interest, yeah, I, could, I, I think I would date around. It's just that I don't date at all. <laughs> yeah, but what do you mean? I feel like there's a difference between dating around and serial dating. Is there? Yeah, I would say date around is like, see people here and there, but there's some people I know as serial daters where since the age of maybe 14 to 16 till now, about 24, 25 have been in and out of relationships constantly. Like with like maybe one month to six months between. I And see, that's, that's how I would categorize it. I feel like casual dating is like really chill, low commitment, just hanging out. Whereas the serial oh. dating is when there is, a committed relationship and then it stops and then it's another really committed relationship and then it stops and it's another really committed. Like there's no yeah. real way. Okay. Then I take it back. I don't know anyone who's like this. <laughs> <laughs> I find well, see, that's just how I define it, but yeah, same. I mean, yeah, there's probably multiple ways to, to define serial, serial dating, but I find it so interesting because I try to understand these people and I think I understand what the common common characteristic is and this is a big claim and I'm this is just my own observations of the people that I know I think it's when they haven't had a very good connection with their parents growing up um or a good support system that they feel the need to have someone with them which I totally understand everyone wants a companion someone to come home to at the end of the end of the day whether they've got a phone call to their mom which is a huge thing for me I feel like that's why I'm so content with our dating is because I feel like I have a really good support system in my family whereas yeah some other people I know that have fractured relationships with their family tend to date consistently Mm, I think I, there are definitely exceptions to the rule but from what I have observed within my own friendships I can tell you that, like, general consensus is, unfortunately, yeah, that. Hmm. Well, how long, like, would you say you should go between relationships if you are the sort of person to hop from relationship to relationship? <laughs> What's an acceptable time? Like, because I'm, I'm very much on the side of, I, I get it, but part of me is, like, if you're enjoying being in, like, shorter term even if they're still higher commitment relationships like still more power to you mm, true every every interaction is a new experience something to learn from it so that's a good point and i know some See, people that just you- enjoy the actual act of dating like just <laughs> as a as a thing like the relationship is almost second to the dating itself and it's like yeah i kind of I, I get that 
Wow. We could really I get that. And I feel like when you pose it as how long, how long of a gap should there be between relationships? Like you are right. Like every situation is different for every single person. Like just because I haven't experienced that, or I don't think any of us here have, you know, super experienced being a serial dater. Mm. I kind of, I don't know, circumstances lead people to things. So like, I get it. But I guess it's only a problem if someone is just like seeking the sweet spot of dating in each like little relationship that they get bored and then move on. Like that could be a problem of the whole lust idea of falling in love. And then as soon as it becomes serious, break up and find someone else to do that whole like honeymoon period with. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's hard to say each to their own, as long as you cause minimal harm to yourself and others. Yeah. It's like, I just kind of feel like as long as you're happy, it's not really a huge deal, especially if you're like in your twenties, like, there's no need to be in a super committed relationship if that's not what you're looking for. I think make mm. it clear to you, whoever you're in a relationship with that you aren't really looking for anything long-term that you tend to have shorter term relationships, even if they are like close relationships, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. kind of just like, again, more power to you. We are jumping into a question that we are all so, so goddamn excited about, honestly. So without further ado, Hey, this is Player One's Bianca. Hey, Bianca. What are some of your favorite examples of good and accurate portrayals of sex in media? And what are some horrible and possibly dangerous ones? First of all, if you're listening, make sure to check out Player One every Monday, 8 till 11, Sin's flagship home of gaming. They are cool people. Very cool people. Tell them we said hi. Also, if you want to submit a question to us, you can go to the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You should hit us up and tell us what your favorite examples of good and bad portrayals of sex in media. But I think we should jump into our own. So, Tammy, why don't you start us off? What's what's a good example? What have you got? Well, we I wish that people could see what's happening behind the scenes because, boy, do we have a list. We have a list have a that's going list. on. And I'm so excited to delve into it particularly for the first good example on our list, because I would quite honestly contest it a tiny little bit. Sex Ooh. education. Yes. Now, I'm um, going to go out and say that I think this is a good example of sex in media, even if I still don't like the show that much. I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. not that funny. I, t- okay. I was told it was a that comedy. Awesome. Okay. But I didn't were- laugh. No, you're prefaced wrong. Your expectations were high then for comedy. I, yeah, I think it's a wholesome show. And I, I think there were so many good examples of sex in it. Do you guys agree with that at least? See, look, there are definitely good examples and I think that it's definitely on the right path. Um, I think that there are some questionable things that, are, that go into the show though and I do think that it does have this reputation of like, oh, my God, like it's this really fantastic show for sex positivity. Like, yes, it is, but like there's a lot that could be different and that's my take. That's my hot take without spoiling any of the plot for anyone who might not have watched it. I mean, I think, I think if you want to go into spoilers, go into spoilers. I'll yeah, jump in right now and say that my interpretation is coming as someone who watched half of season one, like two years ago and then stopped watching. Okay. Um, watched so just going to put that out there. I don't care if you spoil it though. Go ahead. Wait, but listeners two. have been warned. Three, yeah, two. 
Okay. Yeah. Tammy, why can you give us one example as to why it's not as great as you think it's too hyped up? The scene that comes to mind is when, oh my God, I cannot remember their names even. That's really embarrassing. I actually watched Sex Education not that long ago and I cannot remember their names, but I don't know. There are two characters that are basically, they're at school and they're banging, Mm. which is fine, but like, I don't know, it's slightly graphic and also it's at school and it's like, okay, why? Why did you put that in there? Like there's literally no need for them to have put that in there. Um. And they have this one episode with like an asexual character, which is sick because it's literally this one episode where they're like, hey, asexuality exists. And then they never touch on the topic like ever again, which is sick. But yeah, something that I do think is really good about the show is the mum character, Jean. Yes. I love her. I do love her to absolute bits. I like that she is such a put together person, but is such a not put together person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like she wants to be put together, but she's, you're right. She's real. Mm. She's real and she's good. And I love her, but I don't know. Yeah. A bit bit of a almost controversial choice there, but what, what's one that's like, that's bad. Let's, let's just jump to the other side of the bridge. Okay. I've got a very easy one for this. And I feel like this is the low hanging fruit. Do we want to start off with one that I think is just universally considered like just terrible? Yes, please. 50 shades of gray. There are not many shades of gray in that decision. Uh (laughs) why can you give us one reason why just okay i remember and this was ages ago so unfortunately i don't remember where i read it uh but i remember reading a like review where they actually spoke to someone who was like i think she was like a dominatrix and it's not only bad in terms of how it represents sex as a whole but it also just completely gets everything to do with bdsm wrong to the point where it's a little bit laughable And it's like, I can see why it's pretty universally panned. Mm, I think it would be laughable if it wasn't potentially dangerous. Yeah. Because I think when people get the wrong idea of BDSM, like that's when things are going to go wrong. I have also read many a like forum post, like like Reddit posts and stuff like that about people saying that after Fifty Shades came out, you would have so many like guys rocking up to like BDSM meetups in like suits and stuff like that. And people just be like, that's not, that's not the Mm -hmm. actual energy. Nobody shows up in a suit and tie and acts like Christian gray. (laughs) I feel like like that is not a character to be looking up to. No. (laughs) I mean, they do encourage a safe word. So that's important. (laughs) There's consent throughout. There is a contract. So there is But some the actual of- scene where the contract is written involves Anna getting drunk, like Christian making Anna get drunk so that he can make the contract oh, more geez, in his favor. It's I, I think that's in the book, not in the movies. So Oh, look at Zach yeah, reaching yeah. for the books too. I will always be here for the books. Um so good. I I, I didn't finish the first book. Um as somebody who has never watched or read this is whack. <laughs> it is whack. Let's move on to something less whack. What's another good one? Um, I've listed just for sex positive body image media content, Embarrassing Bodies, a great UK documentary sort of series. Is that how you would explain it, Tammy? It's two, two to three yeah. doctors who basically take people from the streets who have something perhaps 
what society would consider abnormal about their body and then get it checked out. And yeah, it's an interesting take on body image. You get to see a lot of different bodies. And of course there are, it's not all about sexual health. It is about different bodily functions, maybe not working the same way, but there is, it is good awareness of seeing different body types and normalizing them. And, um, another piece of media content would be, I highly recommend, and it's actually featured in sex education is the vulva gallery on Instagram, where you can see pictures of different vulva shapes and sizes. And I think it's really positive because you, as a female growing up watching, like indulging in porn and seeing different body types through porn, which I can name some quite (laughs) negative porn websites don't have very realistic um, content of sex. And when you see some body shapes and vulva shapes, they tend not to be reflective of what a female is born with because Mm -hmm. a lot of women or people with a vulva in porn tend to remove um, pieces of their vulva with surgery. So, yeah, the vulva gallery is very um, positive piece of content on Instagram and I definitely recommend And I think that was a really wholesome um, part of sex education when one of the characters, Amy, discovers she has some, um, I guess, embarrassment about her vulva and then she learns that, there are many shapes and sizes and that brings her confidence in the bedroom. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's good to see people sort of pushing for that openness and that positivity and that, that very open discussion. I'm just looking at our list and there's one that I have to ask about. I don't know which one of you wrote it on this list. And keep in mind, we might have to do a part two for this because we have not even scratched the surface of this list. But who put down the early Simpsons and can you please explain? <laughs> Okay, that was me. And here's why I put down the early Simpsons in um, a good example of sex. Because it's obviously nothing super duper graphic because it is the Simpsons. Um, I am talking about like the early, early Simpsons, by the way. So like probably nothing past like season 10, not when it does get bad. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, some of it was okay. Early Simpsons is phenomenal though one of my favorite pastimes and the beautiful thing about it is that the characters at that time are different and more wholesome and Marge and Homer are like just super duper in love and The Simpsons is a PG show so like nothing gets too graphic but there is a lot of like innuendo and there's a lot of like sneaky little this and that and specifically what I'm talking about with this is just Homer and Marge's relationship because it's just a wholesome and nice and it's really nice to have a good relationship portrayal in the media. And that's why I put it on the list and I hope that everybody agrees with me. (laughs) Discuss. I have not seen enough very early Simpsons to really comment, but I've seen a little and I'm like, yeah, I kind of get that. I will say later Simpsons, their relationship is not healthy. Exactly. And that's why I say early Simpsons. So, so, so You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin. You're joined tonight by myself, hello, Zach, and Tammy. And you can always catch us on the social medias at Naughty Rude Sin on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can catch our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And we'd love you to get involved with the show. You can get involved 
using the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com slash ask link. We can ask any question, no filter needed. We love to hear from our listeners. And you can also submit these questions anonymously. So really there is no filter at all. Coming up on the show, we still have some juicy topics. We are discussing the concept of the one that got away as Katy Perry had that famous song, losing a lover, it is painful, it's sometimes tragic. Is there an idea of a soulmate? Who knows? We will discuss that. Also, we're going to discuss pretty privilege. We also would love to flag the helplines because some of our content can be triggering. There is Beyond Blue 1300 224636. That's 1300 224636. The kids helpline 1 800 555 1800. That's 1800 1800 have you ever let someone get away what happened to the one that got away every time i hear the one that got away i think i think of that katie perry song that lena mentioned earlier in the show like summer after high school (laughs) (laughs) but that's what we're talking about we're talking about we're talking about not just like not asking a crush out, but I think more so the nostalgia I feel almost about like thinking about relationships you missed out on. Dude, like Tammy, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. The yep. biggest heartbreak that I have ever felt, I can tell you, is always from the crushes that didn't work out. Because like if I've had a relationship and it doesn't work out, at least I know, damn, okay, we tried and it didn't work out. What a shame. Whereas, you know, when there's like a little bit of a crush and there's like a little bit of a romance forming and then like it gets far enough and then it stops. The one that got away, man, like the one that that, got away, the one that got away, like that stuff has just crushed me so much more than the long term stuff. But I don't know. That is just me. And also, um, I was going to have another point, but there it goes. There goes my other point. Who knows? It got away. Do you guys have any? It got away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think about the whole when they got away though? Like, like is, is it a, a thing? Yeah, I need to like, I want to understand. Do you guys believe there is one person for everyone? Absolutely not. So, so, so many ways time. not. Look, I'm a spiritual lady. I like to subscribe to a lot of spiritual stuff. I for a very long time did believe that um but now I don't so yeah I'm the same I was so adamant through my teen life I was like there's one person one one and I even made a whole theory about it I I made a a visual representation of my beliefs which was like Mm -hmm. a target a target where the one is in the middle of the target the bullseye and then there's people that you can get closer to the one so then there's the next circle where there's like perhaps like five people in the world that could be that close, but not the one, but close to the one. And then it expands, expands, expands. And that was my theory for a long time. And I remember drawing it for people and I was so proud of it, but now I'm like, no, it's just way, it's so much. I, I loosely still subscribe to that, but I don't believe there's one in the middle. It's probably potentially 50 
in the middle and a higher demo. Like we we do live on a planet with seven billion people. There's not going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. To I'm so intrigued. One. I'm so intrigued about that though. Do you mean like one person in the center, as in you have to go through everybody else towards Ooh. that center before you're, you know, in alignment to be with them? Mm. Or is it as in that you can find people that are close to that centre point, but they're not quite that centre point. They aren't that one. Yeah, more so. Well, it's a mix of either. depends on your life journey. But I think back then I was really subscribing to the idea that you can get someone that's close or you could get the one. But, like, it depends mm-hmm. on your connection with that person. Like some people reach really close to the one, some people reach the one, and some people don't that was the idea that I was going for but then as an adult and like understanding my friends relationships and family relationships I haven't ever really I've met people that are very compatible but not any that I would say totally like we're all humans we're complex there is so much to one person how can we be perfectly yeah it's a nice idea but I just don't think it's that easy to think there's one I still want to believe it though Mm. And I still want to find it. See, I still want to believe it, but um, the issue is, is that I do, I do have that one. I do have that one that got away, but I just know that it's not going to come back and it's not going to work out. So I have to talk myself out of it. Do you <laughs> think they were your soulmate? Oh, 100%. It's a whole podcast episode about it, guys. Break up some butt plugs. We did a whole episode. <laughs> if anyone wants to listen to it, find us on. Oh my god! What are they? Google podcast, Google, Apple, Apple Google podcast, podcast Spotify. Apple Podcast, Spotify. That's where we are. Wow. Um, Basically, wow. every solid episode. Solid episode. Breakups and butt plugs. Guess what we talk episode. about? We talk about breakups and we talk about butt plugs. Best of both worlds, <laughs> there. Best wow. of both worlds. But see, at the time, I was talking about it because I was like, "Yeah, no, it just feels really weird. Like it feels weird to be out of a relationship now." It's one of those things that over time. The more I've thought on it and the more that I've dwelled on it, the more I'm like, we broke up for dumb reasons. Like that's dumb. And I have since spoke, like reached out to that person. I'm like, do you realize that it's dumb? And he's just like, yeah, but it's, it, it was right though. And I'm like, ah, oh. okay. Well that, that's fair. I, I, yeah. I can't take that from you. Oh, well. Do you hear about people reigniting years later when the, when things align, there's potential. I'm impatient. That's my issue. So oh, do, I, do, I you think, do you think that the one that got away can be the one that came back <laughs> for, for lack of a better, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. The one that, the one that got here again. <laughs> the one that's coming soon. The one that's about five minutes away, give or take. We have a guest <laughs> on tonight's show, by the way, Tammy, it is the one that got away. <laughs> so that's that's traumatizing so for you. <laughs> No, nah, we're still pals anyway. It's all good. But like, I don't know. I think the funny thing is though, is I have to remember all of the ones before that, the ones that got away because there were a good handful of ones before that mm. that got away. But you didn't feel the same though. This is, you're saying. No, nah, definitely not. Definitely didn't feel the same, but th- there, ha- there have been others. <laughs> it's not exclusive. It's not an exclusive party. So that means there's more to come, which is so exciting. More, more ones that get away, and more to explore on the show. Why do I keep chasing show? people off? Yeah, it, these are all these are all experiences we can use on the show. That's why it's exciting that we're all single and ready to date potentially. 
And our next topic is pretty privilege, isn't it, Tammy? Have you ever dealt with pretty privilege? Well, yes. And okay, the whole reason that this has been lingering in my mind is because a couple of weeks ago on the show, um, I brought up a story about an old friend of mine. Um, can't remember what episode it is, but you can find out and tell me um, when you go back and listen to our podcast. You can find us at The Naughty Root Show on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tell me what episode it was that I talked about my friend who we went to the state library and we sat down and we ate pizzas at the front of the state library and some guy came over to her when we were like together, we were just hanging out having a sick time. And he comes over and he's like, hi, I'm so sorry. Like, I really just need to shoot my shot. You're gorgeous. And I just like, can we hang out sometime? Like, can I have your number? And yeah, it's a funny story in hindsight. However, I have several stories of that with this particular girl. Okay. So Um, it was directed towards her. It was, sorry. It was directed towards her. You were just sitting there observing. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah sorry. It was directed towards her because I was just sitting there and we like played it off and we were like, Haha, no, like we're girlfriends. And he still kept like going for it. Like it was Ugh. sick. Oh. But the issue with this is this particular friend is very, she's beautiful. She's very conventionally attractive. She's thin. She's pretty. She's got a personality to match. She's gorgeous. I love her. Shout outs to her. But hanging out with her is a very interesting thing because I think that she does have a lot of pretty privilege, but also a lot of pretty disprivilege, such as what I just mentioned before with men harassing her. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been lingering in my mind because I haven't thought about it in quite a while. And I think that pretty privilege is a thing. And I want to know if you guys think that it is a thing. And if you guys have had any experiences with it, if you've seen it in action, um, if you've caught yourself favoring somebody else because they're conventionally attractive and Mm. that's kind of what our brains have been raised to do I think in a lot of society but yeah we should preface the definition according to a website called myimperfectlife.com um pretty privilege is when people who are deemed more attractive based on accepted societal beauty standards have an upper hand in the world and afforded many more opportunities than others and yes, Zach, do you want to give some examples, if any, mm-hmm. of in your own life? I'm doing Have a bit of thinking and I can't say for sure that I've really seen it or like personally experienced it or seen someone who's like personally experienced it. So I'm honestly not sure. Mm. I, I will say that it kind of brings to mind, at least to me, that whole idea of, and I, I want to know if this is actually a thing or if it's just kind of a stereotype flirting with the bartender to get a free drink does that actually happen (laughs) yes i've seen it try to happen but i've never seen it actually happen now i will say that i have i have leveraged my abilities to get a free drink from a bartender but that's because i distracted him by talking about video games and then he forgot to charge me and then i said wait are you going to charge me for this and then he said nah just drink it and i was like okay but i don't think that counts game is my game of privilege there's also the idea of but, like... But is that a thing? Is that a thing that happens? Oh, yes, it does happen. Okay. I've seen it happen. There's also the whole idea of bouncers not allowing people in unless they're dressed well and potentially pretty. I've had that experience where, thankfully, I was with a pretty, like what society would deem as pretty 
bunch of females when we were standing in a line and the bouncer pointed us out and said, you guys can come in because we'll dress to their standard. And they had a mix of men already and they wanted more females to join. Like they were selective with who they allowed in. I assume attract like our physical features determined whether we were allowed in because we skipped the line in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that in movies as well. I, it, it was such mm-hmm. a weird experience. Um, but yeah, that's the only time I've experienced pretty privilege. I'm sure we experience it all the time, but don't even like consciously register it. And I, when I studied psychology, we learned that it is subconsciously something that each person has is this preference for people that look societally beautiful, which is when we have a facial structure. If you cut someone's face down in the middle, that both sides um, are even, I guess, like there's an even amount of space between the eyes, the eyebrows, nose, that they're symmetrical. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. Do you know if it's like um, something that like it's ingrained in us because it's, you know, something to do with the way that we were like brought up with like, you know, things that our parents and our parents' parents and like something that's been passed down or is it like just a human thing, like it's in our DNA? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's totally, from what I learned, it's totally a mix of both. Like we're pointed out pretty, like through the media, of course, we're taught what is beautiful. Whatever's brought to the top, to the front of the magazine, we're taught that that is favoured. So, yeah, it's a mix as far as I've learned, but it's so weird to think of it from a biological standpoint. How do we identify it? Like aside from the symmetry, like how do you describe why someone is pretty just by looking at their face alone? Like everyone has different standards and preferences. So it's like, how does someone who is, I guess, societally conventionally, and I mean, societal conventions are different in every society. And even just within separate groups within a society, it's like, I guess then you got to ask like what passes for, there isn't a single idea of what is pretty is where I'm going with this. True. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where mm. do you kind of not draw the line, but where does the line even start? If that makes sense. Mm. See, I was going to say that I feel like there are some factors that, you know, most see most people would agree are good foundations of beauty. But keep in mind, I also say most because you're right. There are exceptions to the rule, and also the only one that can come to my head is hygiene. And I feel like hygiene is less of a beauty standard and more of just a social standard. Mm-hmm. Do you know I what I mean? Yeah, I think hygiene is when you come like if you're talking about biological slash what we've taught by our parents, I feel like that's definitely the biological because hygiene indicates self-awareness and yeah, no one wants to have sex with someone that stinks. I'm sorry, but I'm going to put it straight. Yeah. I feel like we really (laughs) summed up pretty privileged. Did we answer the question what it is? I, well, we gave our own examples and beauty is in the eye of of the beholder as. I mean, if, if people have examples of their own or have stories about like seeing someone who took advantage of their pretty privilege, or if you have a thought or opinion, maybe you don't think it's a thing, let us know. Go to thenaughtyroodshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Hit us up. You can tell us anything completely anonymous. Don't need an account. We all need a little little self-care, don't we? What do you think, Lena? We do. We do. It's been a rough couple of years that we've all been through, especially Melburnians with 
as we hate, hate, hate to say lockdowns, quarantine, isolations, the worst words of the last two years aside from COVID. And it's been a time. Were, yeah, you guys have dealt with a lot. Um, I'm new to Melbourne, but I have dealt with a bit and I understand. And we wanted to finish the show tonight on a lighter segment, self-care. What do we do in our own self-care routine? Do we do things daily? How do we keep ourselves mentally sane through busy work lifestyles, trying to find the career of choice? It can be rough. It can be rough. Do you guys have something that you do on a daily basis that keeps you afloat, keeps you present? Zach. I play video games. And if that's a surprise (laughs) to you, oh boy. I don't know what to say. You shouldn't be surprised by that. I talk about it a lot. And I'm That's a nerd. Your, your switch off. Your switch off activity. It also gives me something else to be angry at instead of being angry at actual life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Look, if it works, it works. But seriously, this is something to take mind off things. Like, I'm, I'm half joking. I mean, I do play video games to relax. But also, like, reading books exercise every now and then when I remember to do physical activity. I went for a lot of walks over the past few years and man, Mm. walking is fun. Um, I love walking. Walking's so good. Walking is just like totally poggers. (laughs) It is poggers. (laughs) But Tammy, what about you? What's your self-care routine like? Okay. My poggers self-care routine um, (laughs) consists of many things. (laughs) No, um, I would love to talk about habits that I've developed during lockdown here in Melbourne, but um, quite honestly, I didn't really develop anything during lockdown. I've only developed them after lockdown. So I was a bit late to the self-care game, but she's here now. Um, I'm really, really into my skincare. Number one, because I have problematic skin, but number two, it makes me feel like a princess. I love doing my skincare. I feel nice and it's just nice. It's just nice Fresh. to feel like refreshed, you know? Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, but something new that I have been getting into is I've always been a big fan of journaling, but mm-hmm. um, I've been taking it like a step further. And every night before bed, I will write down and reflect on three things that I'm grateful for <gasps> in life. And it doesn't have to be like something that happened that day, but like three things that I'm grateful for. And then I will talk about my day and I'll be like, yep, best part of the day was this. Worst part of the day was this. This is how I'm going to let go of that worst part of my day. And I have been feeling so funky fresh. Let me tell you. (laughs) Wow. In a good way. In a good way, right? Yeah. In a poggy way, I would say. (laughs) In a poggy. Yeah. Self-care is all about. So good. It's not self-care. It's self-poggers. Yeah. Self-poggers. What about you, Lena? What's your self-poggers routine? (laughs) Yeah. I can relate to a lot with Tammy's self-care Poggers routine. Um, yeah, with the journaling, I find that so important. It's such an intentional way to take a step out of your day because sometimes you can feel like you're living in autopilot just trying to get through till you get to the weekend. And then even with social occasions on the weekend, it can feel like you never have like time to like breathe out. Sometimes I feel like I'm like holding my breath for so long and I don't have time to breathe out. So giving yourself that time each day is so important. I understand why people like go and get a coffee, even though it's a little bit of an expense each day. It's a nice intentional moment to enjoy something warm inside and to take a step out of the day. Um, so yeah, I journal, do the gratitude and a way in which I make this enjoyable is by going to a really cute stationery store. I've shown you guys before, but I get cute little journals with stickers and cute pens. And it just makes me excited to write in my journal. 
So that keeps keeps my mental health in a good place. Yeah. Yeah, That's so nice. But unfortunately I left my journal (laughs) on the tram on Monday night and it has like, it has like all like these intimate, not like sexual, but like special memories that I've had over the last month and I've lost it. I'm calling you a friend. I know. And I posted in the Brunswick and the Yarra, it's called the Fairly Good Karma Network or the Karma Good Karma Network. It's like a community page and neither of them have found my book. I'm like, someone is sitting there with my personal notes, having a good smile or laugh. Hopefully they're getting inspired. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've inspired someone else to start journaling. Maybe they're finishing my journal because it was a quarter of the way through. And it's very cute. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> so yeah, cute as though. You, yeah, as you said before, as well with walks, I really learned to... F- really enjoy walks through lockdown like just so it's so nice to just breathe in fresh air discover new walks new parks enjoy the sunshine when you live in an apartment that's small mm-hmm. just get out you know just get some get some of that air it's beautiful sunshine is so important for your mental health people commonly um, go through seasonal depression in um colder months with no sunlight. So it's really important to get out on those little walks. Yeah. Want to know my favorite thing to um, journal when I was walking during lockdown? Um, Yes. In my journal each night, I would actually um, make sure that I went for a walk so I could journal how many dogs I saw on my walk. (gasps) Um, And then further from that, further from that, how many dogs I was able to pat through a fence or something on my walks. I had that all recorded somewhere and it was the best thing that I ever did. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. I think just, just before we wrap up, one thing to be clear with self self care though, is that you don't have to go through it alone. So if you are struggling with anything at the moment, just contact the helplines beyond blue, 1-300-224-636 kids helpline at 1-800-551-800 and Q life helpline at 1-800-184-527. Cause there as good as it is to have these sorts of self-care routines, it can be very difficult if you're struggling to kind of get into those routines to begin with and you don't have to go through it alone. We have just reached the end of our show here tonight on the Naughty Road Show with Zach, Lena and Tammy. Um, thank you so much for listening. We had a, what I would say, a pretty poggers episode. Um, we just <laughs> talked about self-care. Before that, we talked about words the one that got away that's the second time that that thought has got away from my head (laughs) (laughs) we have had just a really good show really so if you did miss that at all you can catch up on our podcast you can find us at the naughty rude show on spotify apple podcast google podcast or anywhere else that you catch podcasts um just search us up we'll be there and you'll be able to listen to all the old episodes any missed segments anything at all in the meantime Check us out on our social medias. You can find us on the Naughty Rude Sin at Twitter. Oh, sorry, at the Naughty Rude Sin on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is more like it if I get my words right. And as well, if you do want to get more involved with the show, please write in, talk to us, tell us a story, tell us um, some cool things. Um, you can do that on the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com slash ask. You don't need an account. You don't need to sign up to anything. All you need to do is get on there and tell us your thoughts and your feelings. We might even mention you in a show one day. Who knows? But that is pretty much all from us for tonight. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good Thank night, you so everyone. much for joining us. Goodbye.